What's going on and welcome to Between the Lines Pro Talk with Mark Perdanik, a weekly sports podcast where I'll be discussing NFL football, baseball, and basketball topics with weekly guests. Whether you're at home, in the car, or at the gym, I hope you're ready to hear nearly an hour of guys talking sports thinking they know what they're talking about. Now let's get to it. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode here of Between the Lines Pro Talk. Excited to get into this one. I've got co-host Eric Mackle with me today. Privet Mira. Hello, folks. How you guys doing? And we're going to be breaking down three of the six upcoming games here for the NFL wildcard weekend. I just broke down the NFC games with Darren in my most recent episode. You guys can check that one out. It's already up and live. And Eric and I are going to tackle the other three on the AFC side. We've got three great packed games for the upcoming weekend. Now, some of them a little bit tainted by injury. However, they're still going to still going to give us a good game nonetheless. So, Eric, we can dive right into the game here. The three that we're going to be talking about upcoming this weekend is Chargers playing the Jaguars on Saturday. And then you've got the Dolphins taking on the Bills Sunday, one o'clock. And then our Sunday night game this upcoming weekend is the Ravens taking on the Bengals. So we'll start things off with the Chargers Jags just to go in order of the games. Now, this is the five seed taken on the four seed. As we know, in week 18, Jaguars beat the Titans in a very close game to claim the AFC South title at nine and eight. At least they got a winning record in there, which is good to see, because if the Titans would have won, they wouldn't have had a winning record. So the current line for this game, as we speak right now, is plus two for the Jaguars, and they're the home team. So they're an underdog at home. This Chargers team, they've been on a roll. They're looking a lot healthier now than they were in the middle of the season. We know that they battled with a lot of injuries. And we, we spoke about them quite a bit in our most recent episodes, talked about them potentially going on a roll, being a dark horse team. Both of these teams are essentially healthy. Jaguars have their players back on both sides of the ball. Eric, what do you see from this game? Uh, we saw these teams play earlier in the season. However, it was week three, so it dates back quite a bit ago. Jaguars won that game 38-10. Now, in week three, the Chargers were already dealing with some of these injuries that we're talking about, and Jaguars dominated with that. However, this could be a lot different of a scenario. Yeah, you start off with that game there. Uh, that was a game. That's what. That's a game that Bosa left. That was a game where he, what was that groin? Yeah, so he's just come finally coming back now. Should be playing fully healthy, which is going to be awesome to see. See that Chargers defense healthy again. Well, almost almost all healthy, but yeah, he he left that game. I think I think Herbert. That was one of the games where Herbert's ribs were like fucked up completely. Like they're just not good at all. So he wasn't playing too hot. The rest of the team was just completely banged up. So yeah, that was that was a tough outing for the Chargers. They're a way different team now, but I'm super, super, super excited for this game, man. Like, I don't know. I'm just smelling a shootout. It has that kind of vibe. Both of these teams obviously have have the the players, the ability to score a lot of points. And neither of these defenses have been super great all year long we did see the jakes defense kind of win that titans game for them which is awesome to see but that's not like their main strong point right their main strong point is making plays scoring the ball so i am super 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 excited to watch this game should be i think this is the best like wild card afc game right now if if lamar is not going to play and obviously two is not so yeah this is the game i'm most excited for on the afc side and that's what I was going to follow up with, actually, after you were saying that, is that I would agree with you. I think this probably is the best AFC game just solely because of the injuries in the other one. And we'll address that shortly when we talk about the other two games. With this game here, do you see the running games for either team being incorporated much? Or do you think quickly, pretty much after the first quarter, both teams are going to abandon the run, pretty much move to a passing game? Honestly, yeah, I have to, I actually have that down as one of my main points is 
I do expect Travis Etienne to have like a nice day on the ground. The Chargers, they they allow 5.4 yards per carry, which is dead last in a league. Like that's, that's the worst in a league. That's a lot. That's a lot. Obviously, if you run the, technically speaking, if the other team just runs the ball the whole game, they'll just win. They'll keep getting first downs, they'll win, right? So On average, right? Yeah, you're going to move the yeah. ball down the field. It's going to be exactly. slow. It'll be a grind. But 5.4 yards per carry is pretty damn high. I think it's going to be a lot nicer with Joey Bosa back. Obviously, he's a huge component. The biggest component of that D-line, some would say the defense, which I agree with. So that's going to change. But yeah, I, I think Etienne should have a good day because his Chargers run defense was shit last year and they're not good again this year again. So yeah, Etienne on the ground. Eckler. I was going to say, what about the other side? Yeah, I was going to say, they don't really have much of a run game. Like yeah. uh, Eckler's awesome, but he's going to make most of his plays in the air, right? Getting little Texas routes, little screens like out of the backfield and anything out of the air so again he'll probably get i don't know 40 50 yards like he usually does but nothing big in my opinion now if you think this game was being played in sofi stadium instead of playing down in duval county do you think that would kind of solidify this for the chargers do you think that the home field advantage allows the jaguars to still be in this thing or do you think these teams really are that evenly matched that no matter where they're playing this is a decent game yeah, even in so far, like, I don't really think this would be a big, huge blow, right? Like, the Chargers are a good team, but they're not that great. And the Jaguars have been, like, the hottest team in baseball, er, not baseball, in football. So, they're on a roll. Like, most people I see making playoff brackets, picking their playoffs, actually have the Jags coming out of this one. But uh, it, it'd probably be a little different so far. It's not like the Chargers have the biggest uh, fan base, right? They're not, like... uh going to play in Buffalo or something like that, right? It's not that big of a difference, but yeah, I don't know. I still think it would be a good good game either way. Now, when I was talking about the Jags potentially abandoning the run, we saw in their last game that they played Week 18, obviously we had talked about that kind of being like an additional playoff game for them, right? Win and you're in. We saw Travis Etienne only get seven carries for 17 yards, so he definitely had a rough game on the ground. Trevor Lawrence throwing 32 times. Uh, overall, what was your opinion on Trevor Lawrence's performance in that game? Does that scare you whatsoever for this upcoming one where it's going to matter a hell of a lot more? No, no, I, it doesn't scare me. I think that's a classic divisional game. That's how the Titans want the game to go, right? They Up against Mike Vrabel. Yeah, they, when you play Vrabel, it's going to happen. They're going to want to control the clock, run the ball out. Their defense is going to show up, even though they might not be the best on, on paper. But that's just how it goes when you play the Titans, right? And prime time, you know what I mean? Everyone's watching. That's how it's going to go. I'm not concerned at all. ETN seems, the seven carries is weird, but also like I, you can kind of see that coming because I had him on fantasy, so I was watching him most of the year. Like he'll he'll get a bunch of carries first half, then they'll kind of abandon him second half. I think they kind of want to keep him fresh, right? Because he's one of those guys, he's a smaller, he's not he's not a small back, but he's he's not In comparison like, and relativity yeah. to some of the other guys in this he's league, not right? built like a wide, like a Saquon. Nick Chubby doesn't have that kind of build, right? So you can't just keep pounding him in the ground like 25 times a game because he's going to get hurt. So I don't know. I think he, I think he's a great playmaker, though. But no, it doesn't really turn me off from uh, ETN or, or uh, T-Law, that's for sure. Fair enough. Now, with the Jaguars here, I mean, you know what? They turn things around in this season. I think they've impressed a lot of people. They go out and they win the AFC South. All things considered, I think if the Jaguars lose this game, people aren't really going to be pointing too many fingers, right? They still have a young team. They've got a great young core, great young quarterback. They're starting to surround it with some pieces, and they'll be able to build on that next year, especially with the contract situations they've got. We know Calvin Ridley will be suiting up for them next year. I'm not necessarily sure people might say the same thing about the Chargers. Now, people have been expecting and anticipating the Chargers to make the playoffs ever since Justin Herbert got there, drafted at sixth overall. 
In your opinion, if the Chargers end up losing this game and they don't make it, what do you think might end up changing in LA from this season going into next year? Because they're not going to have now a top 20 draft pick. We know they spent a lot of their capital last year on free agents. What do you think might happen? Maybe a coaching change, maybe a personnel change. Yeah, I was going to say, I could really see a head coach change getting Saley out of there. Like, I, There's a lot of rumors of getting Sean Payton because obviously you, they would have to like trade for him because he's retired, right? So yeah, I've heard Sean Payton, Payton to the Broncos a lot. Like, I've heard a yeah, decent amount stupid. about that. Why would Sean Payton want to go to that? I will be honest. Though. I can't say I've heard of him going to the Chargers, but that definitely would be interesting to pair him with Justin Herbert. That's what I mean. I think he he wants a guy. That's a young prod, not a project, but a young guy. If you go in and you're dealing with Russ, like Russ is already a vet who's kind of got his own ways. You know what I mean? But Justin Herbert, he's only been in Justin the league Herbert for three has years. A unlimited ceiling. Like he can do literally whatever you want. You can you can make any play in the book and he'll make it. He's an elite quarterback. So that's why I think Sean Payton would want to do that. Anyways, kind of just like predict that. But I think that'd be cool to see have paired up a legendary coach. But yeah, I think there's gonna be some kind of changes because you can't this scheme is not what Justin. Uh, Justin Herbert's made for the scheme of dumping the ball off continuously looking for short passes screens. This that's not how he plays. That's not how he should play. It's not that doesn't play to his skills. I know their receivers have been injured a lot this season, but it doesn't matter. You have to get the deep ball going. You have to get dynamic explosive plays to really show off Herbert. Cause that's, that's what he's best at, right? He's best at making those fucking huge throws on the field and, I think that it also includes getting another playmaker, getting another receiver who can really stretch the field because you can throw up to Mike William. He'll come down with it. Keenan Allen is going to do great in the slot, short routes, right? Getting open, but that really limits the offense, right? Eckler's great. He is, he's when he has the ball in his hands, he's one of the best running backs in the league, right? But I don't know. They have to make some kind of change for sure. If they lose all this game, I really, I totally agree with you there. Yeah. It's, it's tough because, like you said, with the scheme with Justin Herbert, right? You need to get him a little bit better of a fit, but then you see some of those injuries that happened. Both Keenan and Mike Williams uh, missed a lot of time this year. So it's tough to really judge exactly what the potential of this team may have been this season to necessarily make huge changes next year. But I think there will be a little bit of cause for concern if it's been now you know three years under Justin Herbert. This is the first time he's been to the playoffs and we see them lose in the first weekend. Now you talked about Justin Herbert being an absolute playmaker, unlimited ceiling, couldn't agree more. Very big fan of him. I'm also a very big fan of Josh Allen, and I feel like that criteria fits him as well. We're already seeing it. He's the top three quarterback in the league, and I feel like he's going to show that in this upcoming game here on Sunday. Dolphins taking on the Bills. Right now, the line sits at minus 13 for the Buffalo Bills, and in fact, it may move You know, every single day here as we find out more information about the quarterback situation for the Dolphins. However, it's been confirmed that Tua will not be playing. Now, it's Skylar Thompson that's slated to get the start, I believe, because Teddy Bridgewater is still dealing with that hand injury. Now, this game's going to be tough. We saw a great teaser of what this could have been just a few weeks ago when the Dolphins went to Buffalo to play that second matchup of the two between the Dolphins and the Bills. It was 29-32. The Bills squeaked away there with a field goal in that game. It was a little bit of a snowy game. That's when the uh, Bills fans were throwing the snowballs at the Dolphins. And, you know, that obviously could have been a great game there. Dolphins, they are on a huge slide. We've talked about them being as a streak team. We see them barely, barely squeak away against the Jets. How do you see this game going, or do you think it's not even going to be watchable after half? No, this game is this, yeah, this going to be pretty shit, to be honest. In my opinion, if Skylar Thompson's playing, what what are they going to do, right? Like, there's such a, uh, a ceiling on your on your offense, your team in general, if you, if, if you have your third-string quarterback starting. If Tua was playing, I'd be super excited for this game. It would be a high-scoring game, like, 
the one we saw a few weeks ago was fucking awesome. That was a great game. So that would be cool to see him back. But obviously, no, it's not the right thing to do. Atua should not be playing the rest of the season. 100%. So I don't know. It's This is going to be a this can be a pretty bad game. This this is probably the worst game of the playoffs. Tua confirmed out. Tyreek will probably make some plays first half, keep him close. Like it's a playoff game, so they'll probably make a few big plays. But Bill should just absolutely perform Analingus on this Dolphins secondary. Like it's gonna be wild. Ah, I don't know. We'll see. Now, as a betting man, would you feel confident in taking the minus thirteen for the Bills here? Or do you think that's a little bit too big of a spread for a playoff game? Honestly, yeah, I never like this whole year. I, I didn't really take any. Double digit over unders, yeah. Any like any like double digit favorites? I don't remember. Maybe once or twice, but never definitely not often. But this game, I think I might be because like man, last game what the Dolphins scored, they scored eleven points. Was it three field goals and a safety? Yes, like and, and the safety came the obviously on the last play, right? Yeah, exactly. Like this is not even like a as a safety doesn't count as their offensive points, obviously. So I think I might be man. I, I think the Bills. They're not just going to give up after they get up by two scores, right? They'll probably put a few more on in Buffalo. I, I'll i be taking the minus 13, even though I usually don't. But in this case scenario. Now, Darren and I did have a conversation yesterday about Tua and the whole thing that's going on with this season. I didn't end up including it in the podcast because we actually ended up going for a while with that. In, in your opinion, do you think Tua should be playing football again? Or do you think the consecutive concussions this season is just too much of a cause for concern for him to continue on? And uh, you know, significantly impacts the longevity of his career. I'll be honest; I'm not a brain doctor. I'm not a ne- neurologist. Sure, this is only what we know from seeing yeah. from headlines, right? I'm we don't even know exactly how Tua is feeling. We're just we're fans here reacting to the headlines and and what we think from his perspective. I don't think he should play again this season. Future, I think I'm not gonna say don't play again. I think he can play again, right? I think he'll, he'll try to. I doubt he retires after this season. If you start again next season. And the same things are happening again. He's getting multiple concussions. Then you have to probably definitely start about start thinking about shutting him down or himself shutting himself down because that's obviously his decision at the end of the day. But yeah, this season, hell no. Next season, I'd probably come try again. He probably will too. He wants that money. He still wants to win. He's a competitive guy, right? But I agree. And earlier this week, actually, I believe just a day or two ago, there were reports coming out that Tua was actually cleared by his doctors. So for a little bit there, we thought that he was going to be going on and playing. And Darren and I were having that conversation and we were really surprised to see that obviously with what's happened this season, he would want to go step back out on the field. Now, obviously a huge scenario for him. We had discussed things like who really knows what the future is with him and the Dolphins? Who knows what the future is with the Dolphins? As you know, they brought in a lot of stars. They go on a slide, end up landing with the seventh seed. Now, in that game against the Packers, it was obvious that Tua wasn't in his right mind. And I think it's great that he is sitting out of this game for his own benefit. He was to go out there and just get killed again. I mean, I'd consider the guy a masochist because, you know, he he's going to be getting beat up. It's plain and simple. Like you said, the Bills have a great defense and they're not going to stop after they go up a couple scores. So... Unfortunately, it's not going to bring us a very good playoff game of what could have been an excellent divisional matchup on Sunday, 1 o'clock. But that's all right. Because later on on Sunday, we have a great NFC game, but then we've got ravens Bengals Sunday Night Football. Now, if Lamar is going to be playing in this, obviously makes it an entirely different game. What's your breakdown on this game if Lamar is in, if he's not in? Obviously, if he's in, we have a competitive game. If he's not, probably not that great of a Sunday nighter. I'm gonna start off by saying I don't I don't think he's gonna play. Uh, he just doesn't seem ready to me. He didn't practice today, which is I don't know. I don't really see him playing. But how Lamar plays, he scrambles. He makes plays with his leg. If his PCL is still injured, still inflamed, you know what I mean. How is he gonna do that? Right? 
or even if he tries to, he's going to be 70% of himself, then he's going to be shut down. He's going to get hurt again. I think just think it's stupid, right? So we saw the Ravens play the Bengals earlier this year in October, and that was a 19-17 win there for Baltimore and a very close one where we saw Lamar and Joe Burrow facing off. Very classic AFC North, close divisional defensive game. I really hope Lamar plays now for his own sake, not being signed. This is kind of the classic Baker Mayfield. Are you going to play when you're not, when you don't have that contract? And it's a little bit different because Lamar is dealing with a lot of money here, right? You're not dealing with a small contract. He saw a guy in his own division get signed to a massive contract, ton of guaranteed record-breaking guaranteed money. And so that's obviously what he signed up. Now, is it realistic that the Ravens end up losing this game? Lamar Jackson doesn't play in this game, and then he leaves, and we don't see him in a Baltimore Ravens uniform? Probably. I I think that will probably end up happening. Now, is Lamar the guy that will help Baltimore? They have a great defense. They have a good coaching staff. They've never really had a surplus of weapons for them on that offense to allow for them to be that explosive team in the playoffs. They've always you know, been atop the AFC North up there with the Bengals in the last few years. If they win this one as the five seed and they move on, I'm really not too sure what else the Ravens can do. They have a good run game with J.K. Dobbins right now. They have a good defense right now. Secondary, they haven't been playing that great because they have a couple veterans back there, right? Lamar's in great spirits. He wants to play. and then, But then Adam Schefter tweeted 38 days after he sprained his PCL. Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson missed another practice and is on 16th straight. Yeah. yeah, six straight games. So anyways, like, so my situation, are the Chargers winning? Are the Bills winning? And are the Bengals winning? Which would mean this would leave... A Chargers versus Chiefs and a Bills versus Bengals divisional game, which would be fucking wild. I think that's That's best case. Beautiful. That would be beautiful. Talk about that for a second. Like, that would be awesome. Like, Chargers, Chiefs, first of all. Always play well. They always match up well ever since Herbert's been there. And then Bengals, Bills, I feel like we haven't seen tons of. Well, Well, obviously, we would have earlier this year, but unfortunately, circumstances happen. Obviously, uh, glad to see that that situation has progressed as well as it has. And and we'd have to break that down in its whole own episode. Exactly, man. So I also did this on my previous episode with Darren, where I asked him some of the other events going on in the league, because obviously we still want to address some of the things going on in the NFL. And him and I had talked a little bit about the Arizona Cardinals situation, as we recently see that Cliff Kingsbury was fired, as well as there were some rumors coming out, reports about DeAndre Hopkins, the veteran stud wide receiver on the trade block. Now, I had addressed that in my last episode because obviously the Cardinals are in the NFC. However, I feel like this is still something that you and I should discuss. Now, the Cardinals, they're obviously going to be kind of, you know, punting on their decision to compete here in the NFC West. We see the Niners playing extremely well year over year. We see the Seahawks with a young and up and coming team. Do you think firing Cliff was the right idea? And then with DeAndre Hopkins, first of all, how much do you think they'd be able to get for him? Where's the potential landing spot for him? Do you think that's a wise idea? I think getting rid of Cliff, like doing a whole kind of refresh of the house is 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 good. I think that's a good idea. Like Cliff Kingsbury, goddamn, he is a fraudulent uh, coach, right? If you just look at winning record, like he just is not. He was had Patrick Mahomes in college. I think he had a losing record. I think. I was gonna say, why do you say fraudulent? Like expand on that. So he has a losing record. I think with Patrick Mahomes, I think he has a losing record in the NFL too. Cliff Kingsbury, I don't really know how he keeps getting jobs. He's twenty eight. 37 and one and that's nfl 35 and 40 in college so he's had in nfl and college both losing records you have kyler murray you have a number one pick you have patrick mahomes obviously he was a different patrick mahomes back at texas Tech in college but that's still patrick mahomes somewhere in him so 
It's going to be a shit show next year. I don't really know what's going to happen because that roster is not good. Like you got exactly. Kyler. Their old line's going to be nothing. Their D line's going to be nothing. Okay, so where do they go in the top three pick then? Or, or do you think it's worthwhile in their situation if they're going to be trading? Do you potentially trade down at yep. that third overall pick, grab some more capital because you know next year you're not going to be making a big splash in the playoffs anyway? Yeah, so I think in that position... The classic Jalen Carter, Will Anderson pick is definitely, you can't go wrong with that. If they do it's that, enticing, right? Like if they're going to take that, it's not like they're going to get a bad grade or anything. Exactly. You're getting a generational, well, maybe generational player in that pick. But also I think that's a, they're in a primal position to trade down because exactly what you said, they're not going to be competing, right? They shouldn't be competing, especially in this division. Well, yeah, you're right, right? I mean, if we look at even 2021 and that's the year that Kyler Murray ends up proving himself to get that contract, but they start off 7-0. and that DeAndre Hopkins trade looks incredible for them. And then they end up going on a bit of a skid, 11-6. and six. They still make the wild card. They go and play divisional rival LA, go play the Rams in SoFi Stadium, and they lose miserably. I mean, 34-11, and it didn't even look like the Cardinals whatsoever in that game knew what they were doing. So I feel like ever since then, we've seen a little bit of a shaky decline uh, from that team. Are they going to be able to come back from it? It's going to be tough with the Niners, and the Niners are young. We see a lot of the stars and the players that they have on both sides of the ball. It's not like they're going anywhere anytime soon, aside from maybe are the Niners going to have the money to pay for them, but then we also see the Seahawks. So definitely could be a turn of a page here in Arizona. We're going to see that across the league with, I think, a lot of teams. We're going to see that with the Colts. Uh, we're going to have to see that with the Texans. Yeah, so I'm looking on CBS Sports here to about their D-Hop uh, trade article here about potential landing spots. So when I, so I want to see what you think about some of these. I think most of them make sense. So number one, they got the Ravens. Um, I think this makes sense. You just need a receiver. I don't so know. So what's ironic is the Ravens traded Marquise Brown on draft day last year to the Cardinals. Oh, damn. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, because that's why they needed first pick. So trade up, trade him back. I don't know if I totally agree with this one being number one, because first of all, the Ravens are never a team that – Trades for a big time receiver. Yeah. Trades for big uh, big time receiver. You don't even have that Lamar Jackson situation figured out. So that's and they just paid Roquan Smith. We haven't talked about that. Roquan Smith gets a linebacker twenty million dollars a year. So hundred million five year deal. Not your friend. Number two, they got Packers. This one makes sense. If Aaron Rodgers gonna bro, imagine seeing Aaron Rodgers and D Hop. Oh, that'd be awesome. Sweet. That'd be a perfect. That'd be awesome. I I do like that one. Pats. Makes sense. They need a big time receiver, but I don't, if you're gonna have Mac Jones, I don't know. You got to change that scheme up or something. You got to get rid of those bombs they have as OCs because putting D Hop in whatever shit kind of offense the Pages are running now, he would he would leave, and I would be supporting him because that offense sucks to watch. It's not fun. They got Cowboys, Bears, Browns. I'm That's the thing. I also just wouldn't see the Patriots trading for him, you know, unless no, unless he's on the trade block and you're able to get him at such a discount. But that just wouldn't make sense. It's not like he's, he's like that an older old. guy. Expensive contract. I don't even know what like what would be. Let's look at Christian McCaffrey. I mean, I... No one would take Christian McCaffrey and give a first round pick and look at what he's doing right now. Now, granted, also an expensive contract. You could say the same thing about DeAndre Hopkins. Like it's when uh, D Hop got traded from the Texans to the Cardinals. The Cardinals got D Hop in a fourth, and then the Texans got David Johnson a second and a fourth. So there wasn't even a first round pick included then. And now exactly. D-Hop was only younger then. Like, you know what I mean? So look at last year. We saw Amari Cooper go for like a fifth and a sixth or something stupid like that. And I would say D-Hop's still a little bit better than Amari Cooper. So fucking do that. Why not, man? A third round pick, who cares? Like, obviously, it's a great place to win a third round, but you got to take chances sometimes. So that'd be that'd be cool to see.
So before we end things off here, after breaking down the three games there, we're just going to talk a little bit of betting. We're going to do a little bit of picks of the week here because obviously there's only a few games and we're going to address mainly the AFC games anyway. We will pretty much just make our pick for each one of the games. And then if you guys feel you want to take them, that's where we're going to be putting our money. So Eric, what do you think, first of all, for Chargers Jags? You know what? All right, fuck it. I'm gonna go Chargers minus two. I don't. I doubt the game ends with a two point <clears throat> difference. I'm gonna tell with you. It's pretty rare. I, most people like the Jags, and I feel like they're like the hotter pick. But I don't know. I'm just gonna go with like the more talent talented team with the Chargers. So yeah, I'm gonna go Chargers minus two. I, I like the over two. I might put a little money on there, but definitely uh, minus two for Chargers. Yep, I'm gonna tell with you. I, I feel like the offenses are gonna probably show up here, but. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Dolphins Bills. We right now again. This is Wednesday night that we're recording. Uh, we have thirteen as the spread. Obviously, plus for the Dolphins, minus for the Bills. Where do you like this? I would say minus thirteen for the Bills. Yeah, I'm taking minus thirteen. I'm probably going to stay away from the the total too. If anything, I'd do the under because uh, I don't know how Skylar Thompson is going to score. Maybe they'll put up fourteen points if, if they're lucky. So, yeah. If anything, I'll do the under, but probably going to stay away from that. But definitely going to put some money money on minus thirteen if everything says out is there. I agree, and obviously on that, the total sits at 43.5. And then for the final game, we've already discussed this, so you got in on Bengals minus 7. The line currently sits now at minus 8.5. Would you want Bengals uh, minus 8.5? That's a tricky spot. If it's minus 8.5 and we're not sure about Lamar, I'd probably wait about, wait for more news about Lamar. It doesn't seem like he's going to play, but there's always a chance. Like I said, it's a playoffs. It's the last game. This is where you would put a guy out if he's not fully healthy, so I'd probably wait. Minus seven, I like because that's a touchdown game. Because even if Lamar's playing, I'm kind of fine with minus seven. Like, I don't think it's huge. I'll probably wait on that, but I, I wouldn't, it definitely wouldn't be jumping on Ravens plus eight and a half. You know what I mean? I'd be more of a wait and hear more news thing, play a little safer. So, well, we did just see the Bengals beat the Ravens there without Lamar. Final score of 27 16. So they get them by nine points. So that would exactly fit the spread. And I yeah. feel like that's uh, probably why that's why the books have it at plus 8.5, right? Because if, that's what's going to end up happening. Then they're just matching the most recent matchup that we've seen of this. I agree with you. I feel like that's a really tough one to bet on right now. So I also would wait. I mean, there's no rush. It's a Sunday night line and it's only Wednesday night. So there's no point in throwing on anything. All right. So I think that's going to do it here for this episode of Between the Lines. And that was a decent breakdown of the AFC games. We will be back next week and we'll be breaking down whatever's going to happen. We'll talk a little bit about, obviously, the previous games the wildcard weekend games next week and then we'll also talk about the upcoming even more exciting ones so eric thank you very much for joining me no problemo asuela and have fun watching this weekend guys and we'll see you next week yes sir see you folks